Pirates versus Tyrants. This is the Tom Wren Show, where we practice piracy on the enemies of freedom and liberty. Well, much like every other day that we do this show, we find out more and more frequently how right we are about everything. And uh, today is no different, right? So I want to start this first segment out, and I want to talk about uh, a whole bunch of COVID stuff and why it's important. And I want to open up with the WHO Treaty, right? So the WHO Treaty. The WHO Treaty is being pushed by Klaus Schwab and Yuval Noah Harari, uh, you know, the world's biggest Hitler fan, and uh, a bunch of other uh, sick globalist monsters. And uh, it's really about control of the globe and uh, using health and, and other such things to take control of people. And, yeah, obviously we're against that. But they're pushing on the WHO Treaty. They want this to happen, and uh, they're pushing very hard, and they intend for it to happen. And I'm going to get to the WHO Treaty some more, but I want to start out there because I want to lay that as a background for what we're going to talk about. Okay, so we've got the WHO Treaty, and against the WHO Treaty, uh, let's move back to a couple other headlines, um, and uh, let's start out with this. What really went on inside the Wuhan lab weeks before COVID erupted? Okay, this is from the Times, the UK Times. And this is a very, very long article that basically regurgitates everything that I've already put out. It talks about, you know, the the work that they've done on humanized mice, talks about the, the creation of these chimeric viruses, talks about the uh, all these different things, bioweapons warnings, uh, I, I, you name it. It goes through everything. The fact that there was no safety or anything else done in Wuhan, uh, U.S. Defense Department funding it and, and rejecting fund, COVID origins, the whole nine yards, right? whole nine yards. And uh, it's really a comprehensive article and it's well done. And it, it goes through everything there is to go to on that. And I think it's really an important article, right? It's a very important article because uh, it, it really goes to and ties in with another story here in the Gateway Pundit titled, uh, scientists discover first victims of COVID-19 pandemic researchers from Fauci-funded Wuhan lab. So headline, Fauci lied. Shocker. Fauci didn't tell us about one thing, right? Not one. Not one. Uh, so this article, and I'm more. Uh, the, the first article I mentioned uh, talks about the origins, and we're going to touch back on that. But this article, Fauci lied. So basically, uh, there are some highlights in this, this Gateway Pundit article that you need to hear. Uh, it starts out talking about Christian Anderson, who's a, a re researcher and scientist. And on uh, January 31st, 2020, Christian Anderson said, some features look engineered in the genome and looks inconsistent with evolutionary theory. Uh, and that's what she had to say about SARS-CoV-2, right? So it looks like it came from a lab, right? Because it did come from a lab. Then Christian Anderson had a phone meeting with Anthony Fauci, 
and walked away with a whole ton of research money on its way. And then on February 4th, Christian Anderson wrote that the lab theory was a conspiracy theory, right? Uh, I wonder why. I wonder what would change outside of the grant money in those days, right? So uh, this, this sellout crook of a human being uh, who appears to be willing to do whatever she needs to do to make money, uh, which to me, you know, I mean, I would say, just an opinion here, folks, but if you're willing to change your uh, scientific position based on grant funding, I would say scientist, but that's just me. Um, some might even call that fraud or corruption. Uh, I, I'll let you uh, fill in some words there. But uh, yeah, so she did that. And then uh, you, you switch forward and uh, you see Dr. Huff, my client friend, uh, Andrew Huff, comes back and uh, he did the report where he, he talked about this all being garbage. And Huff puts this all out. And one of the things that he talks about is the, the funding uh, because he did some work on that. And uh, he did a great job of laying this all out. And it, again, uh, Fauci essentially looks like he bribed a bunch of people, right? Now, I want to double check this. Um, is bribery illegal? I don't know. Um, I mean, it depends. I guess it depends on your position and what you're doing. And uh, Anyways, um, it also seems like there was a conspiracy there. Um, conspiracy to, to commit maybe some different things. I mean, I, there might have been some fraud that occurred and things like that. Now, I'm not sure if fraud and conspiracy to commit fraud and bribery, I'm not sure if any of that's illegal. We'd have to ask the Department of Justice, who is too busy chasing Donald Trump uh, for having papers that he's allowed to have, to look at whether Dr. Fauci killed 7 million people. I mean, we don't need to worry about that, right? We don't, they're, they're busy. They've got important things. They need to check Melania's underwear drawer illegally again, because that that's far more important than whether Dr. Fauci lied and killed 7 million people uh, with a disease that he was funding the creation of in Wuhan, China. So uh, going forward, uh, we've got this nice little quote from Matt uh, Taibbi uh, and Alex Gutenberg. It says, after years of official pronouncements to the contrary, significant new evidence has emerged that strengthens the case that SARS-CoV-2 virus accidentally escaped from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. I agree with everything there except for the accidental part, folks. We don't know that it accidentally escaped, do we? What evidence do we have that accidental versus purpose? Uh Quote, continuing that quote, according to multiple U.S. government officials interviewed as part of a lengthy investigation by the public and racket, the first people infected by the virus, patient zero, include Ben Hu, a researcher who led uh, Wuhan's Institute of Virology's gain-of-function research on SARS-like coronaviruses, which increases infectiousness of viruses. More than three years after the pandemic's outbreak, many around the world had given up on learning the origin of SARS-CoV-2, the highly infectious respiratory disease has killed millions, and the response to which shut down businesses, schools, upended societies, and caused enormous collateral damage. Well, that's an understatement, isn't it? 
The quote goes on to say, public officials in the U.S. and other countries have repeatedly suggested that uncovering the pandemic's origin may not be possible. Well, sure it is. All you have to do is look at the government papers that show you that they funded it. That's not hard to find. I found them. Uh, we may never know, said Anthony Fauci, the former director of National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, who oversaw the pandemic response for two administrations and lies through his teeth for, frequently because he's a crook. Uh, Anthony Fauci says we may never know, right? Never know, because, well, because he doesn't want us to know that he funded its creation. Quoting further, now answers increasingly look within reach. Sources within the U.S. government say that three of the earliest people to become infected with SARS-CoV-2 were Ben Hu, Wu Ping, and Yan Zhu, all members of the Wuhan lab, suspected to have leaked the pandemic virus. Thank you, Jim Hoft. Thank you, Gateway Pundit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, now, Igor of Igor's newsletter on Substack. I like Igor. He does a good job. Uh, Igor Chudov. And I don't actually know Igor, but, you know, he's got a pretty good Substack. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's pulled out some stuff from this uh, Wuhan lab leak article that I mentioned in the Times. And, uh, you know, this is really, really, uh, it's, it's very clear, right? Now, from that article, you should, a couple of these important pull quotes that Igor has noted. Uh, the Sunday Times has reviewed hundreds of documents, including previously confidential reports, internal memos, scientific papers, and email correspondence that have been obtained through sources or by Freedom of Information campaigners in the three years since the pandemic started. We also interviewed the U.S. State Department investigators, including experts on China, emerging pandemic threats, and biowarfare, who conducted the first significant U.S. inquiry into the origins of the COVID outbreak. Well, they did. They did a lot of work. Now... Critical to this and critical to the whole why, because remember, trillions of dollars were made off of these vaccines and lockdowns, right? Trillions with a T. Uh, COVID-19 was a product of bioweapon vaccine research. Quote, one of the reasons there is no published information on such work, according to all three investigators, is because the shadow project on the mine viruses at the Wuhan Institute was being funded by the Chinese military. State Department investigators wrote in their report, despite presenting itself as a civilian institution, the U.S. has determined the Wuhan Institute of Virology has collaborated on publications and secret projects with China's military. The Wuhan Institute of Virology has engaged in classified research, including laboratory animal experiments on behalf of the Chinese military since at least 2017. Uh, my view is that the reason Mojang was covered up was due to military secrecy related to the Army's pursuit of dual-use capabilities of virological, biological weapons and vaccines. That is according to that article. Now, folks, here's what I want you to understand. This is all bioweapons research. What they've got wrong in the Times article is not an accident. What they got wrong is about shifting blame. The U.S. Department of Defense, probably the British, I don't know, but uh, the U.S. Department of Defense, through Anthony Fauci, funded this. They knew what they were doing. Huff talked about this. Andrew Huff was dead right about this. Uh, this was a, the CIA, DIA, C, uh, DOD all knew what was going on here, 
right? They knew, according to the article, since at least 2017, that this gain-of-function research was occurring in a lab that was Chinese defense-controlled, right? They knew this. They went ahead with it anyways. Now, why? We don't have all the answers. What we do know is that this was absolutely something our Department of Defense knew and supported despite everything else. No question about it. This plot is becoming clearer and clearer every day. Anthony Fauci, with our DOD, funded this work, and EcoHealth Alliance did the job. EcoHealth Alliance uh, worked with Ralph Barrick. They transferred this technology to China. They did the gain-of-function research. And, uh, you know, this is exactly what we're alleging in our case in New York. Uh, We know what happened here. And these guys, they're trying to cover it up. But the simple reality is this. It was built in the Chinese lab. It got out of the Chinese lab. Now, they still are talking about it being leaked, like it was an accident. Why should I? Let me ask you this, folks. Do you believe it was an accident or on purpose? I don't want to. I'm going to. There's an 800 elephant uh, pound grill in the room. Was it leaked accidentally or on purpose? I think that's a real legitimate question. In light of the fact that China's talked about using bioweapons against the United States forever, and we gave them the stuff to do it, was this leaked by accident or on purpose? I think that's a very fair question. This was absolutely from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Was it intentional? And I don't think that, well, that could never be, is a fair answer. In light of the fact that Anthony Fauci has not stopped lying for three years, you're going to tell me I should believe, just trust Anthony Fauci, that this was an accident? He lied. He knowingly lied. He bribed and covered up the fact that he funded the creation. He bought off scientists to get their silence. You want me to now trust him that this was an accident? Why should I trust that? Why should I trust anything this liar says? And who should I trust? Should I trust our Department of Defense, who's still lying about the DMAD data? Why hasn't the Department of Defense gone on record and said, hey, here's why the DMAD data shows that thousands and thousands of soldiers were seeing skyrocketing percentages of increases in injuries and deaths uh, due to these COVID vaccines. Here's, Here's the, why aren't they under oath answering that? No, they haven't said a word about that. They they say, well, fact check. It was it was just fact check. It was an error. It was a glitch. No answer under oath. Why should I trust the Department of Defense, Anthony Fauci, or anyone in our public health institutions who are now lying and continuing to lie about the, these diseases and these things that have caused massive deaths? We've caught them lying and everything, folks. Why should I trust them now? It's insanity. I don't trust liars and I don't intend to trust liars. So now let's tie this all back in. With all of this in line, uh, we move back to the WHO Treaty. The WHO Treaty. Now, the WHO Treaty cannot exceed the power of the Constitution. The federal government is limited by the Constitution, so there are limits. But here's the deal. Joe Biden's blown our Constitution off for three years Three and a half. Do you think he cares? They're going to try and do this as a run or an end run. This WHO treaty, they're going to use an executive agreement type situation. They're going to try and push this through. They're going to try and convince everybody that it's law. They're going to use executive agreement uh, law to argue that it supersedes state law. 
And they're going to try and take over the country. They're going to try and force vaccines, which look more and more every day like they were developed as part of a bioweapons program through dual-use gain-of-function research. Uh, and I don't know what you want me to say about this, folks. We ha- we cannot allow this. This WHO treaty is a disaster. It's an absolute debacle. We have to fight for our freedom here, folks. We have to get this done. This is not an acceptable situation. Joe Biden is is the most corrupt president in American history. And instead of going after Anthony Fauci for lying, bribing, and cajoling all sorts of people around the country, our Department of Justice is going after Donald Trump for something that it is at best a debatable violation and at worst a complete nonsense trumped up charge. Folks, we the people have got to stand up against this tyranny. We've got to make our voices heard. We've got to speak out. Please help me share my website. Go to tomrens.com. Get involved, sign up, get active. We've got to get people moving. We've got to get people active and fighting. Uh, we just relaunch it. We need your support. We need funding. We need donations. Uh, we're fighting like hell, folks, but we really need support. This is a tough fight. We're fighting the globe. We're fighting the World Economic Forum, the CCP. We're fighting everybody. We need your help. We need your backing. We need your support. We'll be right back. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. Out Loud Truth was the rallying call that started it all. A wide spectrum of programming from world and political news to societal, your health, and cultural stories. Seven amazing years of news stories, informative podcasts, and great talk radio. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. from one public health crisis to the next. Yeah, first, we have the crisis of COVID. 
the man-made pandemic funded by Anthony Fauci and the USDOD created in the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China by none other than EcoHealth Alliance. Well, uh, we now have another public health crisis, and that is uh, that people who have penises are considered men and uh, people without them are considered women by some people who are just too ignorant to realize that the uh, lack thereof or uh, existence of certain equipment uh, clearly doesn't have anything to do with whether you're a boy or a girl. Okay. Well, uh, amongst the people who seems to, seem to be unable to understand this, yeah, the simple reality that that you know uh, you having or not having genitalia that belong in a male person's pants uh, makes you either male or female is none other than the now controversial J.K. Rowling. Now, I really uh, I love the Harry Potter books. Just going to tell you all. I know some people you know, like it, don't like whatever. I love the Harry Potter books. Love the movies. Love Harry Potter Land in Florida. Uh, I can't go to Disney anymore. And I know, don't tell me that Universal's woke too. I know that. I don't want to hear it. Um, but yeah, so J.K. Rowling's, who is all in for most things. I mean, I don't think anybody on the planet's going to call her a conservative. Uh, and she's, you know, she's British. So they got kind of a different take on conservative anyways. But J.K. Rowling's is not a big fan of devaluing women by claiming that people with penises can be women. I can get along with that just fine. I think J.K. Rowling's is right. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think her views are generally pretty good. Uh, you know, she's quite quite open on things. I guess she understands that sometimes, you know, a person's wired wrong or, you know, or some guys like guys, girls like girls, whatever you do, you, but, uh, she just doesn't like the idea that you're going to get rid of women. And yeah, I let her speak for herself. She's been quite out there, but, uh, she is back in the news because, you know, she has not been willing to bow to the trans mafia. She just won't. She doesn't care. She is, you know, listen, you want to be gay, you want to be straight, you want to do what you want to do, that's fine. Trans is screwed up. Well, it, it is a mental disorder, right? Uh, it is gender dysphoria disorder. That is a, it is a problem. Uh, so J.K. Rowling's has just posted on Twitter uh, a gender, uh, I'm sorry, the LGBTQ glossary from Johns Hopkins University. And in it, uh, you know, they, she's got the, the pictures where they define lesbian and define gay man, right? And she notes, uh, her, her post says, man, no definition needed, non-man, parentheses, formerly known as woman, uh, a being definable only by reference to the male, an absence of, a uh, vacuum where there's no manness. So, and that's that's from this LGBTQ glossary, and it really goes to the whole let's eliminate women thing. So, ladies, all of your work for equality is being wiped out because you now are well irrelevant, right? Uh, you are baby bearers at best. 
at least according to Johns Hopkins University and these other sick, sick perverts. Um, this is, this is, well, it's kind of funny, folks. So this led me to look this up and to see what's going on at Johns Hopkins University, who, by the way, has been, have been huge promoters of the COVID vaccine. And uh, when I looked up the LGBTQ glossary at Johns Hopkins University, uh, I had to go to the dense, uh, diversity and inclusion, gender and sexuality resources of the website, by the way, folks. That's where you'll find it. So for those of you not spending a lot of time there, uh, you know, if you're looking for a great resource, the uh, diversity, inclusion, gender and sexuality resources for Johns Hopkins University are quite top notch. However, sadly, and this is quite sad, quite sad. Um, after all of the tension that J.K. Rawlings has uh, drawn to that, I looked at the LGBTQ glossary, and it says that uh, the definitions were not reviewed or approved by ODI leadership, and the language in question has been removed pending review. I can't believe how evil these people are. Uh, removing the LGBT. What if I, what if I was LGBTQ and needed that glossary today for support? God dang it. And they've got it down now just because some transphobe doesn't like it. I might really think of the support those people are missing today. It's ridiculous. How sad is that? That's awful. Well, anyways, uh, being the educated individual that I am, I decided to snoop around because, I mean, listen, it's the diversity and inclusion. It's gender and sexuality resources. I clearly need that, right? Since I couldn't get my support from the LGBTQ glossary, I wanted to look and see what other support I might be able to find uh, uh, on the Johns Hopkins University website, uh, diversity and inclusion, gender and sexuality resources pages. And luckily for me, I, who just happened to be a male with a penis, I was able to find da, 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 the Masculinity Project. Hooray! Well, I figured that this was something definitely worth looking at because as a male with a penis, well, I, I sometimes have been mistaken for being masculine. I know I should be more feminine. But I fail in that frequently. So I wanted to see what sort of support there was for my masculinity. So uh, I looked and, you know, we start out and I see the Masculinity Project exists to encourage all members to challenge their current understanding of what masculinity is and think critically about what kind of a community we want to live in. Okay, so I stopped after that sentence and I thought to myself, hmm, masculinity, what is that? Well, I think that's me having junk and liking chicks and being a dude and drinking beer and, you know, liking fighting. And yeah, uh, the best is if you drink the beer and then you fight. And what's even better is if you do it around a fire pit. Anyways, so I stopped there. I thought about that. And I'm not sure if that's what they wanted me to think, but that that's what I thought about. Um, uh, so I read on. The following collection of podcast videos and articles will discuss masculinity 
as it is understood across different communities. Well, that seems good to me. Okay, okay. So what else we got? Each section will contain a set of discussion questions that will not only promote self-awareness and reflection, but will also support, ah, support, and inspire. Sweet, we're inspiring masculinity. Critical thinking that is necessary to remove the, what? The unhealthy ideologies that have been permeating our communities around masculinity. Well, unhealthy ideologies... So obviously, you know, as I'm thinking this through, it's clear that Johns Hopkins, being the wizened university they are, and uh, the supporters for accepting uh, people as they are, they must be talking about the unhealthy ideology related to, uh, you know, this idea that I shouldn't be a man just because I feel and act like a man. So... Uh, yeah, I, I decided I would continue on because I need that support. You know, I live in a world where men are under attack, where I'm not supposed to be a man, where if I want to find bravery, courage, or the willingness to fight, I go to the women because men are generally spineless wusses. So then I read on the resources and discussion questions in each section below our starting point on the journey towards a healthy dialogue on mascul uh, mas masculinity. So I'm in. Healthy dialogue on masculinity. We're going to talk about me being a dude. We're going to talk about some beer, some fighting, some cussing, some all the things that grandma said I shouldn't do. Uh, you know, maybe we'll go hunt something. I don't know. Uh, anyways, so uh, then I look at uh, this and I see uh, three sections. And this is broken down into three sections. The faces of masculinity the narratives of masculinity, and the effects of masculinity. All right, so I, you know, I'm looking here. Okay, uh, and video one is a, uh, a guy named Just, uh, Justin Baldoni uh, on, uh, I don't know what Ted Woman is, but it says, why I'm done trying to be man enough. Okay, well, what are you done trying to be man enough for? And I thought maybe, you know, uh, you know, someone had dared him to, you know, toughen his knuckles to where he could punch through a four-inch cinder block, something like that. You know, maybe he had uh, been dared to walk across hot coals and he just hasn't been able to build up and he's just done trying, right? You know, he broken his knuckles or it burned his feet or, you know, something manly, right? He's done trying. So I see what, I'm curious what Justin Baldoni wants to be, what he's done trying to be manly enough for. And so, uh, I read this, and uh, here, here's here's what I got. Um, and this is where I started to, to kind of wonder if I'm reading the right section. Um, Justin Baldoni wants to start a dialogue with men about redefining masculinity to figure out ways to be not just good men, but good humans. In this talk, he shares his efforts to reconcile who he is with who the world tells him a man should be. Uh, what? The hell does that even mean? I'm a dude. I don't talk like that. Uh, and then it says things to ponder. Justin talks about following a script passed down from generation to generation. Uh, so the wisdom of our forefathers? I guess we should ignore that. Where does the script come from? Who wrote it? What does your script look like? I don't do scripts. I'm a dude. Apparently he missed that part of the masculinity talk. Okay. How does society's definition of masculinity affect individual men? What about women? What about people outside the gender binary? Again, 
I'm masculine. We don't talk about that because we don't care. Nobody thinks about that crap. If you're thinking about that and you're a dude, you've already gone down the wrong road for masculinity. Uh, Third, Justin talks about how the content he posted on Instagram received different reactions from men and women. Why do you think that is? Um, I don't know, Justin, because dudes think like dudes and chicks think like chicks. I don't know. Call me stupid. What'd you post? And then Justin shares the Baha saying, the world of humanity is possessed of two wings, the male and female. So long as these two wings are not equivalent in strength, the bird will not fly. How do you interpret this saying? I interpret it as someone who has too much time and is thinking up gobbledygook that's meaning. Men and women, whatever. Women do what women do. Men do what men do. Love them and appreciate them both. But we're different. Uh, You know, I just, then I go through. uh, And then under the heading Faces of Masculinity, I see video two. Men are socialized to act inhumanely. Nicholas Pollock and Thomas Page McBee, The Atlantic. Okay. Thomas Page McBee, having transitioned at the age of 30, was able to experience socialization into society as a man and much later in life than many others. Uh, So you got... I don't know if Thomas Page McBee is a boy that's pretending to be a girl or a girl that's pretending to be a boy. But either way, is this really the face of masculinity? This is what we've got? Folks, John Hopkins University is supposed to be an esteemed institution of learning. It's Johns Hopkins, for God's sakes. They've got some dude-chick creature talking about faces of masculinity. You want masculinity? I just got back from Missouri. Let me introduce some of my buddies from Missouri. That's masculinity. Not some dude wearing a dress or or chick wearing boy clothes. That's not masculinity. What about accepting men for who they are? How about accepting the fact that men and women are different and that both have good things to add? to this universe. My wife is incredible. She adds all sorts of wonderful things to my world. She doesn't have a penis and doesn't act like she does. This is absurd, folks. This is absurd. This nonsense. Uh, Here, here, how about video three? What is female masculinity? An oxymoron, you buffoons. What do you mean, what is female masculinity? It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Uh, Let's go through. Journey through trans masculinity. That's not masculinity. Newsflash. No penis, no man. Uh, How about this one? Changing America. Gay masculinity has uh, many different shades. Listen, do you want to know what masculinity is? Masculinity is something that men embrace. It's who they are. Men. You know, People born with penises that act like they have them. That's masculinity. Not some wussified wimp who wants to call themselves a man. Not some girl who wants to call themselves a man. Not some other. Then we go to narratives of masculinity. Again, from the esteemed John Hopkins University. Uh, 
men from various backgrounds discuss with one another what it means to be a man. Uh, I mean, boys will be boys. I guess that's horrible. Um, yeah, that's, uh, it says that's harmful, not only to men, but others in the community. Um, oh, here's one. Men aren't monster- monstrous, but masculinity can be. Yeah, it's it's a real, real shame. Um, well, I guess the fact that I'd probably punch every one of these people probably is harmful. Uh, I, I mean, they'll probably deserve that. Uh, okay. I didn't mean that. I probably, well, I might punch them. I, I shouldn't want, I shouldn't think that though. I should be better than that. Um, speaking of psychology, how can masculinity hurt mental health? It can't. The only thing that hurts mental health is you telling my son that he can't be masculine because that's how he was made. You sick pieces of garbage. Oh, toxic masculinity is killing men. The roots of male trauma. The roots of male trauma are you people, you psychopaths. Uh, today's problem with masculinity isn't what you think. You're right about that. It's that you people are trying to destroy it. This is sick, folks. I just, I'm. you know what? I'm going to go drink a Pabst Blue Ribbon from a beer dispensing cap while I'm using an axe to slaughter, to crush some sort of tree down that's probably endangered and old. And then I'm going to start a fire and have some global warming. And I don't know. I'm just going to, I'm just done. I just, whatever. I'm going to go hunting. I'm going to eat whatever I kill. I'm going to love every minute of it. I don't know. Go to TomRens.com. Support us, folks. We need your help. I just, I'm, I need a break. I'll be right back. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix Rx. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix Rx nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Oh, stuff time. I am excited today. And I am starting out with a uh, an article in public. And uh, the title of this article is Who Ordered the Cover-Up? New State Department cables raise the question of when U.S. and Chinese governments knew about the lab leak. Facebook's fact checker, who censored the New York Post, worked in the Wuhan lab. What? What? 
You're kidding me. Are you suggesting Facebook did something nefarious? I can't believe that. Uh, so I'm reading this article, and uh, it's an interesting article, and it's close. Uh, these guys are starting to figure it out. This is uh, Michael Schellenberger, and I, I think he did a good job of, on this article, but he's a little bit off. He's a little bit off. He hasn't quite caught up on this yet. Uh, basically, he goes through here and he talks about the fact that they've been covering up the, the lab leak, right? And we see the U.S. right to know is heavily redacted. State Department cables from the FOIA show that the, yeah, uh, the outbreak uh, was covered up from the beginning. And, and this, this one cable particularly says initial outbreak could have been contained in China if Beijing had not covered it up. Well, you're assuming that it wasn't released intentionally, first of all. And second of all, uh, you're suggesting that the U.S. didn't know this was happening. The U.S. certainly knew what was happening, and Anthony Fauci covered it up. What about the U.S.'s role in the cover-up? What about that, right? Uh, you know, Fauci was in, in this from the beginning. The other thing that you see in here is this is talking about the State Department cables. I don't think that, that uh, Michael Schellenberger did a bad job here. He just doesn't have the whole picture because he's really focusing on these State Department cables. U.S. government was, uh, it's a <laughs> final paragraph tells you whether he's missing a few things. While the U.S. government officials were uncovering the conspiracy to cover up the lab leak, you mean while they were covering up the lab leak? Uh, Facebook was censoring people for claiming that COVID originated in Chinese lab. Well, and one of the Facebook's fact checkers worked in the, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, by the way. Here's the thing, though, folks. Here's the thing. Uh, this is not right. This is incorrect. U.S. government was never uncovering anything. The U.S. government funded the creation of SARS-CoV-2 in that Wuhan lab, which was a military lab. We funded it. Our DOD funded it through Anthony Fauci. We had DOD grants and we had uh, Fauci funding this. There's no question who funded this. We weren't covering, uh, uncovering a conspiracy theory. We were covering up the conspiracy because we were part of it. And by the way, do we really think that this technology got transferred to China? without our CIA and DIA and intel agencies knowing? I mean, this story, uh, you know, I'm willing to give Michael Schellenberger the benefit of the doubt, but it almost looks like this was intentionally planted because it's really a deflection. Oh, the Chinese, they were covering it up. Otherwise, we could have had this. No, 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 no. The Chinese covered some of this up. And we uh, certainly, I don't trust China, but the U.S. government is every bit as c complicit in this as anybody. I mean, we knew what was happening there and we just covered it up. We hit it. So the idea that this is somehow a uh, oops is just, it's ridiculous. So uh, let's see, breezyscroll.com. This folks, this one... This one's a bit scary. Uh, this one's a bit scary. Revolutionary development. Scientists create synthetic human embryos without sperm and egg. Uh, what the hell is that going to come out to be? Is that going to be a, uh, I mean, what is that? 
and a unique development that potentially revolutionizes how uh, in vitro is done in the context of human reproduction. Scientists have developed synthetic human embryos using stem cells, according to the reports. Advancement eliminates the necessity for sperm and eggs in the development of human embryos. Folks, when do we cross the threshold into trying to pretend we're God? I'm just going to be real honest with you. This one is creepy to me. I just, ugh. I mean, we're, we're creating human beings out of stem cells? Uh, our human model is the first three lineage human embryo model that specifies uh, amnion and germ cells. Precursor cells of the egg and sperm, says Professor Something of Cambridge and California Institute of Technology. Uh, he says, quote, it's beautiful and created entirely from embryonic stem cells. So you murdered a baby, harvested the cells, and then cloned it. Ethics, anybody? Um, what is a synthetic embryo? That's a great question. Uh, made from stem cells, but lacks a heartbeat and developing brain. Uh, I, folks, I mean, this is sick. This is sick. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say about this, folks. This is just, I mean, I, I find that, I find this to be terrifying and repulsive. Uh, it's no wonder. I mean, we're just, we're going down the tubes in a massive way. If that doesn't scare you, I don't know what would. Uh, I don't know. Uh, moving on to something. <laughs> well, I can't say it's better, but it's disturbing in a different way. Headline, backlash of Sesame Street tweets pride flag. Uh, what grownups do in the bedroom has no business in a kid's show. I, well, I couldn't agree more. Uh, parents have expressed objection after the official Sesame Street Twitter account posted an LGBTQ plus flag and acknowledged Pride Month. Uh, so the tweet says, on our street, we celebrate inclusion, belonging, and freedom of authentic expression, self-expression. Happy Pride Month to all the people in our neighborhood. That's, folks, you're going to tell me these aren't groomers. You're going to tell me these aren't perverts. I mean, folks, they're literally putting sex to children. It's perversion. Yet we shouldn't call these people groomers. Now, why? Why? You know, response is children do not need to be subjected to uh, sexual preferences of adults. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, this I like this one. Uh, what is it? Where is it? Where did it go? Letter of the day is G for groomer. That's right. Uh, and this question, here's a good question. And I like this question. Why is a show for children celebrating who has sex with who? Well, because these are perverts and they're interested in children. I think these people are attractive. What else would you do? Why would you sexualize kids like this? How is this not sexualizing children? Okay, I just don't, I don't know, folks. 
Well, as I was researching all this, um, for some reason, the perpetually offended are all tied together, right? Uh, the perpetually offended people, and I, I need to lead you through this, right? Uh, I, I don't know how this ended up being, but I ended up uh, finding out that there seems to be a fair bit of overlap between people who got who are on this uh, uh, fat shaming kick and trans and all these different things. And, uh, you know, sometimes you start researching and you run down these rabbit holes. And it's all the same people. I mean, they're just perpetually offended about everything. And I guess it makes sense because if you ever look at a true rainbow parade, they're always ugly people. It's never pretty people at these things. I don't know what the, what the, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like finding an attractive trans person. You got Dylan Mulvaney out there, thinks he's a knockout. I got news for you, Dylan. Uh, you're, you're gross. You're, you're, you're not attractive, buddy. Um, but anyway, so I'm going down this and I found out that there is a real issue, uh, that we all have to face. And I think this, this probably warrants a public health emergency for the who, uh, and I think we should all be locked in our houses for at least 18 years to deal with this. Uh, and, and this, this headline is really, uh, well, let me pre, pre, uh, precurse this with this headline from CNN, right? So, uh, fat shaming by doctors, family classmates, is a global health problem, studies find. So, fat shaming. I mean, we don't want to tell someone, hey, you're fat, because then they might lose weight and not be fat anymore, right? They should just go about, and, but here's a little, little Tom story. So, when I was a kid, I was like uh, uh, a skinny little kid, as, but as a big boy. And then sometime in elementary school, I got fat. I was a little fat boy. And I didn't know I was a little fat boy. I just, as a little kid, didn't really think about it. Then one day I heard someone at lunch line say, looks like he needs some extra lunch. So I went home, I looked in the mirror, said, you know, you're a fat kid. And I didn't cry to my parents. I didn't say anything to anyone. I just decided I didn't want to be a fat kid. So I went and lost it. So I decided to get into shape. And I've been in shape for a majority of my adult life. I was fat here a few years ago with the COVID thing. I got fat when that happened. Uh, I got fat during law school. I've had a couple times where I've been a fatty. But uh, generally speaking, I, you know, I recognize that if I don't want to be fat, eat right and work out. Works out real well for me, right? Well, what I didn't realize is that fat shaming is a global health problem which means that the WHO needs to declare a global health emergency and shut down our universe so that we can get rid of this. But what we found is that over half of surveyed uh, overweight adults in Australia, France, uh, Canada, and Germany, and the UK, the United States, say they have experienced fat shaming, dum dum dum, from doctors, family, friends, classmates, and coworkers that led to self-blame and avoidance of health care. Well, who the hell would you blame other than yourself? I mean, is someone jamming Twinkies down your throat when you go to sleep at night? I mean, what the, whose fault is it? Did, did the donut crawl into your mouth? Did someone tell you you're not allowed to go for a run today? I mean, what do you mean self-blame? Of course it's self-blame. It's your fault. When I'm fat, it's my fault. Quit eating the damn donuts. You don't be fat. By the way, maple bacon donuts, most delicious things ever. Um, don't eat too many of them. 
because I don't want to weigh 7,000 pounds. Just a thought. I mean, I don't want to go out on a limb here. But, uh, uh, quote, stigma is an enemy to health. Well, continuing the quote, and just like mental health, weight stigma is a legitimate public health issue. And we need to legitimize in a way that really hasn't been done yet. It, it is a legitimate public health issue. We should tell people, don't be fat, go for a run. Hey, you're fat, you need to lose weight. I mean, I don't want to be like hurt. It's okay if you're fat. I mean, it's okay. I, I've been fat, I don't care. Uh, you know, I've had my time. But you know, this idea, it, there's a headline in here, doctors play a key role in fat shaming. Should your doctor not tell you to lose weight? hey, uh, you're going to have a heart attack or a stroke because you're fat. Shouldn't my doctor tell me that? Is that a good thing? I mean, but under the CNN health, because apparently being a fat cow is healthy now, health headline, attitude change should begin at home, Paul said, with a loving conversation about healthy behaviors without making someone feel ashamed or embarrassed because of what they look like. Well, listen, a little bit of shame is a good thing. It will make you motivated to not be a fat uh, fatty. I mean, it's okay. If you want to be a fatty, that's fine. But it is your fault. And, you know, I don't know. I just find this whole thing ridiculous. But that led me to this. This. This, folks. This is the real issue, and I want you to prepare yourself. Uh, this could trigger some snowflakes. Um, it's very sad. Headline, transgender world. When you're too fat to be trans, what happens? Here's the subheading. What happens if you combine fat shaming with transphobia? And well, in Norway... Trans women may be dismissed by the only health clinic providing relevant surgery if they do not live up to their ideal BMI. Indeed, overweight trans person will be thrown out even if they do not ask for surgery. Oh my God, folks. We need a public health emergency in Norway. The fatties can't get their adedictomy surgeries. I, folks, uh, I... What can I say about that, really? I mean, anyway, okay. Here's the good news. Uh, in extremely, extremely liberal Burlington, Massachusetts, headline, my pronouns are USA. Massachusetts Middle School tries to make effort or make children wear rainbow clothing for pride, but students revolt and wear red, white, and blue. God bless the children of Burlington School in Massachusetts. Of course, the principals and the teachers are having a conniption. Uh, the woke parents, nobody knows what to do. This is like a 70 plus percent liberal community. I mean, these people are woke off the, off the uh, beyond what you can imagine. Uh, they do not know what to do because they told these kids that they had to wear rainbow colors to support the LGBTQ parade agenda. And uh, instead, the kids wore red, white, and blue. God bless our children. Every now and then they're smarter than we are. Uh, but yeah, this, 
uh, woke faculty members characterized the students' refusal to bend the knee to the Rainbow Mafia as intolerance. It's intolerance, folks. They were trying to force kids to do something against their religion, against their beliefs, against their faith, and something that some of them just found gross, right? I don't care if you're a dude and you want to sleep with a dude or a woman wants to sleep with a woman, but I find it gross. For me, that doesn't work, okay? You live you, I'll live me. You do your thing. It's okay. I'm, pr- I'm proud that you get to do that. That's freedom. That's America. But don't ask me to wear your colors. I'm not. And I find nothing impressive about pride. I don't go around being prideful about being straight. So you can shove your your LGBTQ pride right up your rear, along with whatever else you shove up there. And it, oh boy, oh boy, I probably need to beep that. All right, folks, uh, please support us on this show. If you like this show, support it, share it. Uh, the Out Loud Network's a great network. We put out a lot of good stuff. You got to click on our sponsor ads and use Out Loud Cow to check out, though. Cofix and the Genesis HEOCL are my favorites, but the uh, all of these sponsors are great. We have great sponsors on the Out Loud Network, and uh, you know we're a good network. We're growing. We've got a lot of people listening, and uh, we're putting truth out. If you want to support us, you got to share this show. You got to share the Out Loud Network. You got to help us grow. And uh, keep on listening. We'll be back soon.